So what, how do I measure myself? Did I give tactical instruction to implement this week? Number two, did I do the energy roller coaster? Was I big? And was I also contemplative? Was it that I show enthusiasm, but I also show a, a different level of heart, more on that connective side of heart? Third thing, did I remember to honor the host or the audience? And not just like, thanks for being here, guys. Did I like genuinely show appreciation for the audience and the host in a way that was genuine and, and, and authentic that, that people could feel? That people could feel? Fourth, did I speak my life's messages? So for you, some of you all know, for me, one of those things for me is live, love, matter. So I want to know, did I talk about living, vibrant reverence for life? Did I talk about aliveness and energy, love? Did I talk about the power of relationships? Did I talk about opening your heart to others? Did I talk about being vulnerable? Did I talk about connecting with other people? Matter. Did I talk about making a difference, being of service? Did I talk about servant leadership? So why did I give you that? Those are some things I know I'm going to measure myself on every dang time. And if I'm going to measure myself on those things every dang time, it helps me prepare better and it helps me strive to get better at those things. For those of you who are new out there, if you don't know how you're going to measure yourself, you're not being intentional yet. You're going through the motions and that's not going to serve you the best. I hope that helps you guys and makes a lot of difference in what you're doing with that. I do want to move on because we do have our next speaker. I hope, I think you guys, Kevin will have to let me know. Do we have Anthony here? Maybe Kevin can tell me or somebody can tell me. We've got Anthony on. I think he's here. I'm going oh my gosh. Anthony trucks is in the hey, house. Hey, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, let's freak out. I can't believe it. Okay. What's up brother? That's me. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. You called me late, but last night you reach out like eight o'clock, like, Hey, can you get on tomorrow? Like, yeah, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Anthony trucks. Uh, we finished yesterday and I just thought, you know, I didn't get some truck fire up in here. And for those who don't know, let me do a brief introduction. Uh, Anthony is just one of my favorite people in, in the world. He knows this. And, uh, I, we met at one of my events. If I remember first time he took the stage at one of my events, he got off and I was like, that was one of the best natural show up and slay performances I've seen in my entire life. How do you do that? And of course, he's just doing what he does. Uh, for those who don't know Trucks, he's been on, uh, he's a former NFL player, played on three different teams. Uh, I always try to remember I always get it wrong. I think it was the Bucks, the Skins, and the Steelers. You got it. Yes! Winning. For a non-sports guy, that's pretty good. Uh, then you've seen him on American Ninja Warrior on two or three different seasons. He is an unbelievable teacher, um, an inspiration. Some of you who've done the high performance workout series with us, you know, trucks as your trainer and, uh, just one of my favorite guys on the planet, Anthony, welcome to influencer summit. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited. You guys look at all these people here getting better. It always it fires me up, man. I love seeing people who are uh, who are doing what needs to be done. Everybody else is sitting at home watching weird TV shows. You guys are finding out how to be better. So kudos to you all. I love it. I love it. Thank you for being here, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have so many people from around the world watching all, 
so many different platforms throughout these days. I would love to hear a, a little about you finding your message recently. Yeah. Because you have done so many things as an athlete, and then you come into this industry, and you know you're 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 naturally talented at a lot of different things, and you're trying to figure out a lot of different things and get into this industry, and and then when we were all hanging out together one day, I think we we're all around a campfire somewhere. And, and we're having this conversation and Anthony is exploring what his topic is going to be moving forward. Yeah. And I'd love to hear you talk about that process. Cause a lot of people are trying to figure out their thing. Anthony. Yeah, they're they're like, thing. What's my thing. Can you talk us through how, how your thing has evolved and how you think about it now? And how, how do you identify that and, and really grow from that? Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, so you guys, he tells a story much softer than it was. So imagine you've spent like two years doing something specific. Like uh, I was doing this brand called trust your hustle. And I had gone to a Burchard event. I was a guy randomly sitting in a seat and through the power of God and, and crazy connection, like I ended up on stage doing this thing. So I'm talking about this brand called trust your hustle. And then we go to Wyoming with everybody and we're sitting down. I'm telling the story of my personal story in the brand. And, uh, and, and one of the guys in the group, I don't know if you guys know, Ethan, Ethan says this, he says, uh, I don't like it. Like, imagine in the middle of you, like, literally, you telling you, this is what I do. And he goes, I don't like it. <laughs> and I was really interested. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm a guy that, you know, a football guy. We got egos. It's part of who we are as a human. We all have an ego. Every one of you out there has something that if somebody poked it, you'd be like, I don't know. And so what happened was uh, the ego got poked. And in the moment, I was able to quell it. And, and he kind of went into a statement that was very key to me. And it actually ties to something I'm going to teach you guys in a second. He said to me, there's always a message and a messenger. He says, the messenger is a person with the skill sets, capabilities, the charisma, they can talk and share, whatever it is they do. However, he says, if the message isn't in line, it'll never land for people. The impact you're trying to make is not going to land because it's not your message. So the discussion went into, like, he's like, Ethan said this, he says, I don't know how you got here. Those of you guys who know my story, I grew up in foster care. I was given away uh, at three years old, went to a heinous system, adopted by an all-white family, had the whole diverse dynamics, played sports when I really shouldn't have, figured it out, got a college scholarship, had a kid at you know, 20 years old, met my real dad at 21, like all these weird parts of my life. And he's like, I don't understand how you're here. <laughs> it's like most people get stuck at one of those things, but part of you navigated to this point. And it kind of led to this discussion on identity. Like no one's really unpacked. We hear habits and habits discussing how you become somebody and how it leads in, but no one's unpacked the process or if the habits we're choosing are in fact the ones that will have us become who we want to or need to be for our dream. So here's where uh, you ask how we do it. This is what I figured out. Ninja Warrior taught me this. Those of you guys may not know, like if you ever go hang on some stuff, this might help you, but your hand is a bunch of muscles and a bunch of fingers. And I didn't know it at the time, but when I was training, I was told to make sure I worked on the pinky finger and the, the ring finger area. And I was like, why would I do that? My, I got the, the fingers up here, the, you know, the index finger, thumb, like the strong part, right? They go, no, it's actually connected to the pinky area down the side of the arm and the musculature and the wrist. And in fact, the pinky is the strongest area of your grip. In fact, like around 50 to 60% of your grip strength is in that area. However, it's so insignificant, we lose sight of it. Don't even think about it. And so what I'm going to say to you guys is each and every one of you have a pinky finger power. Something that is so powerful to you, that is so unique to you, that you've completely forgot you got it in the background. And so because you haven't quite latched onto it, you're not able to tap in the full strength of it. It's oddly holding you in place now. Like you're able to do what you do because of who you are and that pinky finger power. So what I would say is if you can tap, I tell people this, I say, text a friend or a group of friends and say, hey, 
if you could extract one trait from my life and how I do things and plug it into you to have success, what would that be? Wow. And you get back responses that you promise you'd never. I had a client did this recently who had a complaint. Like, I'm going to be told that if I do this, she thought it was going to be um, something that had to do with like her writing skills. It came back that people, I'm talking like overwhelming, I want to say around 50, 60% had talked about her tenacity, drive, and motivation. She was selling in kind of in the same realm of selling what she was doing, but different because it wasn't the message and messenger. Because when somebody sees you in natural flow, and it's easy for you to do that, and they see the value you're presenting from that space, now they merge. You got pinky finger power, and you're killing it. Wow, dude. I love that. I love, you know, I want to go back to that uh, Wyoming thing. I'll give context to everybody watching because they're like, what? Uh, so a lot of our speakers you've seen here, I gather and I just gather them in a uh, mastermind of mine. And we, we just go places. We go, you know, we went to Jackson Hole and I took them in, and then helicopters over the Tetons yeah. and then went to this lake and we're like kayaking and then we're we're this river and stuff. And we're all just learning from each other and all different businesses, all different backgrounds, all different stories. And um, so we were literally sitting outside um, just having this conversation when Ethan said that to Anthony and then a bunch of other people were like, yeah, man, we think, we think you're good at this. Yeah. And we were all reflecting to him, his, his pinky power, if you will, like you're, you're so like, this is powerful because a lot of people here's, here's what I want to trigger you to know how that came about. That came about because Anthony shared his story with us. Yeah. When he shared his real life story and real life struggles and the shit that went on, forgive my language, suddenly we had a different perspective into who he was and to what he was offering. And it was like, it was groupthink. Everybody kind of like, bing. We're like, oh, that's trucks. Please talk about this. And we literally, we didn't suggest it to him. We begged it of him. We're like, dude, would you please do something? That's amazing. Our audience would like that. That's like, we, we, we felt that that would be of, of extraordinary value to people. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to ask though, trucks, like, cause a lot of people here, they're going to get advice to pivot, to change, to be somebody else, to do something else. Yeah. So how do you receive feedback like that <laughs> and not a fall apart or B fight it? Or, or C, go in the wrong direction for who you authentically are. Because I think that's a lot of people here get misguided by feedback. Yeah, yeah. Because the problem is that people are giving you their filter. And we all know that. People are going to tell you what sounds good to them and they're running it through their filter. So this happened in the moment of us being there. Because, yeah, genuinely, when you've given so much to something like I had for the Trust Your Hustle brand, I have an attachment to it. I want to return from it. And essentially what was being asked of me was, hey, throw that all away and do something new. And I think it's kind of this thing where unfortunately what a lot of people do and what I'm, I'm thankful I didn't do in that moment was it's kind of like holding on to an anchor that's sinking to the bottom of the ocean. I'm not saying it's totally failing, but we end up holding on to this thing and it tugs us down. If we just release it, we'll rise. And so what I found is like in the moment, emotionally, you start reeling back to all these things you've already done. And, and now it's going to all be for nothing. I've I got a pivot. All the stuff I did was for nothing. What's interesting is when I decided, like, you know what? I can attach myself and hold on to this limited thing. I think Gay Hendricks says, if you fight for your limitation, you get to keep it. I could have kept this and stayed there. But I was like, let me open up and see what that looks like. And in doing so and actually unpacking and learning more about it and doing, I mean, I've got textbooks here that takes a journal just to even make sense of what the world they're saying. But as I got into it, here's the crazy thing. I realized that absolutely nothing was lost from the work I'd done. I came to the new thing with all of that. 
And when you do that, you come with all these new aspects that you didn't have as tools in this new area. So in fact, when you first started that previous journey, you didn't have the tools you have. You're starting a new journey with better tools, better information, better insight. And so when I started down the path, I already understood how to talk on camera. I'd been doing a video a day for like, I think at the time, like two and a half years straight every day. I'd already understood how to create curriculum and content. In fact, a lot of the modules I'd made could easily pivot and work in the same area. And so I found all this stuff out, but I never would have. And you'll never find it out if you don't trust the pursuit of this. Now, you do have to realize that you take information from people that sometimes you shouldn't. I'm telling you right now, like I've taken insight from people that I honestly, in hindsight, like I probably never should have listened. And the reality is I think you have to have what I call like my triad. I need to have somebody, this is, this is my own personal thing. I'm not saying you all do this, but here's what takes place. I recommend you have one person who is in your industry, knows your world, that you know gets you. Big thing, they got to get you. If not, they're going to get themselves and going to get a bunch of information. It's all over the place. That whole seek first, understand, then be understood. So you got to respect and they got to know your world. Two, someone who's in business, who is not in your same realm, who can see things a little bit differently, but they understand business. And then I got a third person who has nothing to do with business world, knows nothing that I can confide in and give information to and gives it back to me in a way that is not clouded by anything else. And it's kind of like, I think like a cell phone tower. When it pings your phone, there's three little towers it goes through and it finds you. And I found that in having those conversations, it allows you to have that kind of cell phone tower ping and it allows me to kind of find my space. But here's the unique thing. We all get to this point where we're like a Ferrari with the, with the engine on, the lights off, and we know there's three directions we can go. And we sit there for sometimes days, weeks, months, and years doing absolutely nothing because I don't want to go down the wrong path. I don't know what path to go down. I don't want to turn the lights on. Here's the thing. Turn the lights on and choose a rad. Like choose some road to go down because what I found is when you go down a road, at least you eliminate that road if it's wrong. So when I go back, I can choose another one. Eventually, you will find it. But again, when you go down a road and come back, you have new tools. So I tell you, like, the things you're learning, what might seem scary, I don't know, choose one and go. If it's not right, you get to make it right. But you can't make something right when you're not going on the path in the first place. Dude, I love that. I love that. So you, you get this feedback and you decide, okay, this is going to be my new topic area. You explore it and everything else. Yeah. What do you, and this sounds so silly and elementary almost, but what do you build from it? Because a lot of people watching this, they're like, I have a topic. I love teaching women about this, or I love teaching parents about this, or, or I love teaching this specific topic to this niche over here. Yeah. So once you know your passion or your topic, like, how do you consider what to build? Like, give an example of what you decided to build and why that medium. If you yeah, yeah. So, uh, so first thing I did is I, I needed to, I built something that, it felt right at the time, right? And so what I did, and I'd say at the time, because this was eight times years ago. And I think what most people do is they don't trust that, uh, that they have any information that's going to be valuable. And because of that, they, don't, they compare themselves to people that are 10 years down the road. And they don't put something out out of fear that somebody else may point at them and say, oh, but they don't know their stuff. The imposter syndrome picks up. Yeah. And so what I did early on, and I've always done this, I think maybe it's a football thing. Like, I don't mind throwing myself <laughs> in the field and looking dumb and then, like, figure it out. Coach yells at you to go to the next play, right? I think the problem is too many people don't go to the level of saying, I'm going to go and take what I know, unpack it, and then start putting it out into the world so the world can chop it up. It's a very, it's a very hard thing to do. And what I'm telling you to do is you're not going to have this perfection. You may have years in some area, but the idea is like you got to put something out that's unperfected because if it's not for you and it's for the rest of the world, I have found the rest of the world has to help me perfect it. And it comes with getting funny emails from people like this is stupid. Um, it comes with getting you know on podcasts and people telling you like something that, that unsettles you like, ah, it's not right. I have had over the years, multiple people point things out, send me books 
that I have had to eat my ego real quick and go, oh, I'm wrong. All right, let me fix it again. But every single time it's moved me to the point now where I have a process that is tried, that is true, and it works. And until you put it out into the world imperfectly, you can never perfect it. So the first thing is like, take what you know, patch it up and put it out as it is and be okay with it failing because it's kind of supposed to so it can get better. The iPhone 12 doesn't exist without iPhone 1 and every iteration past that of it being not so great for improvement. So put out your iPhone 1. I love it. I love it. What Tell us people about your offerings and business model and how you <laughs> chose it. Because, you know, Lewis was on here uh, today talking about how, oh, he wished he had figured out IP early on. But he also talked about how he's really chosen to go all in as a media company, yeah. as somebody building membership, and as somebody who's really just trying to monetize that video and that audio more so than the groups or other things that take a lot of time. Yeah. Like, how, how did you think through your business model and what did you land on? Yeah, so uh, I tried a bunch of stuff and, and broke a bunch of stuff at this part of the I know, problem. that's exactly why you're the great. That's, I Literally, that's my note to ask you is like, how did. You, and by the way, Lewis said this too, he cycled through everything till he found his thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So now we got a really good flow, man. So first thing is I have my proprietary process. I have my unique mechanism called the shift method. That thing is, is what I can lean on. And it's, it's, it's got all the little exercises, frameworks, processes inside. So I designed it in a way that I can teach other people to teach it later. Because at some point, I do want to be a guy that can hop around with my wife and travel. My kids are gone and not have to be the only one doing it. That's just a far shoot idea. So that's the first piece of it. But the model I have is I said, all right, what do I specifically know people need help with? My model was first coming into a space where I felt like I could find a, a area that people needed help. That's obviously the first piece of it. What I realize is you find 97% of people don't complete courses. People buy books and don't read them. They get that shelf esteem. They, uh, they buy something, it goes in a shelf, and man, do I feel good it's up there, but I never consume it. It never gets completed, right? So I found that space, and then I realized if I can help people in a space where they have this thing, I, I can work them through my process, um, but I got to do it at a slow level that allows them to absorb it. And so my model's very simple and compared to everybody else, probably very similar. So what I do is I have an intro portion, which is called shift starter it's the c phase shift incubator which is the shift phase and what's called the shift accelerator which is the sustain phase so c shift sustains the actual mechanism the different courses merge with those they follow along so someone can go through one graduate to the next go through the next and graduate on and so i mean the overall business mean, it's like online video courses they're going through. yeah yeah so uh, we use kajabi I have a whole full custom build out in kajabi and so what they do is the model of it is in the shift starter people come in uh they get to go through a specific like the shift starters on your own i come and coach every single tuesday and it's just a pretty much we catch up as wherever you're at wherever you're at i know the content i created it so we can guide them and coach them and the community big is a big piece for me because i need them to have the energy outside of me to keep things moving the second the incubator i do it in cohorts it's a 12-week program but the way it's designed is we are very very clear in the fact uh with the work i do that you got to actually have very consistent habits have a mindset we have to craft we want you to be it's the identity work we do i'm not gonna go deep on it now but i put it in cohorts what they do is they work with me by going through videos on a monday or a sunday when they get access then on tuesday i come in and coach i know where they're at i can coach them through that specific piece they then have a one-on-one -on -one coach they work with for 15 minutes throughout the week whenever they schedule implementation accountability at the end of the week the entire cohort meets with that same accountability coach as a group to make sure we anchor things down and then it cycles through every single week for 12 weeks so it's not just the information not just the videos but it's a ton of accountability because that's what a lot of people need like there's studies that show an accountability partner is like some like 80 plus percent more likely to help you reach the goal you want so that's my model and it's scalable for me
right? Because I'm only need to be there present for a very specific time. And when I have more people, I hire new coaches and I know how to train them on the process. I love it. I love it. And uh, here's, here's what it will shock you. But how long did it take you to build out those offerings? Oh, man. Once I knew what I was doing, a weekend. Yes. Give him a round of applause. Let's go. Yeah. A lot of buttons, a lot, a lot of button clicking going on. Yeah. But I think this is so key because uh, another aspect of this is so many people think it's going to be four or five years before they can figure out a product or they can get in the game or, and I'm always like, you just have to figure out something and start with it yeah. and build from there. To me, as I shared on day one uh, trucks, I was sharing with everybody how like, for me, the best thing I ever did, well, some of the best things I ever did was, you know, build a subscription program and learn how to coach people because those two things to build a subscription program, you got to figure out everything technologically you're ever going to have to figure out. Yeah. And to be able to coach, you're going to figure out everything you have to know or always be on that journey, figure out human behavior. So it's like human behavior, knowing human behavior mm. and knowing how to set up technology and knowing marketing, those three things together, bam, it's like, game changer and then like that in a weekend because he tried so many things but here's the thing y'all he tried so many things and then he decided this is where i'm going yeah. i'm going to build a program on this and he did it in a weekend and most of you watching could build a program in a weekend or a week or a month yeah. but you could be up and running strong and truly like at, at scale by the end of this year but yeah. Tell yourself you can't. So talk about a little bit, because you're so good about this, about talking about fear. Mm, um, yeah. That part that keeps us back from shifting into a new identity. Yeah. From, um, the fear you know, piece is a massively, it's a, it's a big piece, a massively important piece of it. I think we all have these uh, inherent things. And let's be honest, it doesn't always come out of somebody saying, I'm scared of this. It comes out in you pushing it off, passing up deadlines, you know, procrastinating on something, making a great excuse. It doesn't come out as the language of fear. It comes out in the actions that are sometimes passive and you just let it kind of go. If you weren't afraid of it, it'd be done right now. It's a big thing I want you to grasp. Like you would be Woo! done. Right now. So move, move right to the mindset of that. And then here's what if I realized. If you weren't afraid of it, it'd be done by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I, believe me, there's a lot of things like I'm writing a book right now and I'm like, oh, I'm Woo! afraid of aspects of the judgment of it. Let's be honest. You're putting a hole in your heart. You get it. You're author putting your heart out there. Some of it's scary, but like I, I held off. I finally got a publisher. Now I'm moving and I'm like nudging myself to do the scary things of putting my heart on paper. It's weird, okay. but it's truth, right? So here's the thing, though. Uh, I think what ends up happening is we, we anchor back to past moments when we had something happen that wasn't perfect from the action we're about to take. And it scares us. And when I realize there's multiple levels of failure that we don't realize we're, we're kind of navigating at all times. And so we, we place a lot of different things that happened in the past in the wrong bucket. So it creates this fear. So failure has six levels from what I've found. There's abject at the top. It's unfixable end of the world. You have structural failure below that, which is like big piece broke. It can be fixed, but it's take a lot of work. Then glorious failure. Light it up, smoke a stove, walk away. These ones are ones that cause so much pain, like relationship failed, business broke, that I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. I'll walk away. I don't want to revisit it because it hurts to revisit it. So I don't take lessons. The bottom three, if it's called common failure, why the apology was made. Like, I'm sorry, but I learned apology means I'm not going to do it again. I learned I won't do it again. Next one's version failure. This version kind of sucked. New version, make it better. Last one's predictable. It was expected. The problem for us, a lot of us in life, we have these things that happen in our life that were in fact a version. Your relationship failed. That version of you wasn't great for that relationship. 
the business didn't work out. Hey, it's business. It should be predictable. Things are going to break, man. The, the world's changed. Look at this. We're all doing this whole thing, which used to be on stage, in my house. I got basketball shorts on right now. You know? There like, you do. Let's go. Hey, right? So there's these, these different aspects. It's got to be predictable. And when you do that, you can look in the past and say, oh, wow. When that thing broke, that, that business broke, or I fell out of love with that person, or you know, I couldn't keep my health in place, I, I'm not abject. I'm not, I can never be in shape. I'm not lovable. It's like, that guy didn't communicate very well. You know, he, wasn't, he wasn't very serving. He didn't, he didn't compromise. That version of Anthony, man, he sucked. Let's upgrade him. Let's learn from that, make a better version. Now it's not a failure. Now I don't have as much fear pursuing the next thing. I can go back to the past and actually steal some joy and steal a little bit of positivity and like a little bit of hope. Like, all right, I do have some control. And when you have that, it allows you to diminish some of the fear and you can push a little bit farther past. But here's the thing. It's still going to be scary. Let's be honest. Like it's not eliminating it completely. Right. In those yeah. moments, I tell people put on the, the secret self, like the secret self's a little bit different uh, in the way we work psychologically. There's got to be a moment where you take this step that creates an outcome that creates this environment of how I feel inside and outside. And it cycles around. But here's the thing. Most people won't take that step and they don't realize. But that step is the one that's blocking you from where you want to go. And if it wasn't, if it didn't scare you, it wouldn't be an important place to go. Things that scare other people don't usually scare me because it's not my thing to do. But here's the unique thing. I play football. The coach on the sideline coaching me, he sent me off to the field. I do my thing just loose. I'd be out there reacting and playing. If I made a mistake, I knew I did. But I come back to the coach and tell me what to do. I go back out. What a lot of people do when you have fear, you're bringing the coach out onto the field with you. You're in your head with everything going on. And you're not playing loose enough to actually see what come to be. So when you're doing some, it's not even actually the you doing it. It's the you with the fear attached to the coach. Leave the coach on the sideline. Send that person out. Let them do what they do. When they come back to the sideline, unpack it, figure it out. Because here's the cool thing. That's how I got to the NFL. I got wow. to the NFL by going out in high school and, and looking stupid. I was horrible. And I would get coaching. I go back in the field, do it again. Knowing I'm probably going to look stupid again, but maybe a little less stupid, right? And I do it again and then again and then again. After a while, here's the thing. It goes from this fear that's like a 10 to a 9 to an 8, and it goes down. But at zero, it's not that you're doing it without fear or shame or pain. It becomes joy. Dude, I love putting a helmet on and running out and tackling people. But in high school, I've been deathly afraid. But so many people are operating at this level of 10 pain. They do experience it. I never go back to it. I run away. I make an excuse. I procrastinate. But try it again. It's a 9. You got a little bit more information. It gets lower. And all of a sudden, this thing that scared you, Damn it, it's the most joyful place you can be in the world. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Um, gosh, talk about fear and, 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 and the joy of it, too. You know, I wanted to ask you, like, th this year, people have been so fearful of putting their voices out there. Um, they've been fearful of it. One, because it's scary. It's always, it's always scary. It's always yes. vulnerable. But there has been so much vitriol, hate, judgment nonsense on online you know it comes from people judging you for your age your background your ethnicity your color like everything like when you go into the info you're just gonna get judged everywhere yeah you are it, it's gonna come at you this year it's been it, it, it's been full throttle to everybody and it's been full throttle and i also wonder like how 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 you can advise people to deal with that because Right. When you're literally on television like you have been, yeah. when you are a person of color, when you are transitioning your your topics, you're like, hey, guys, I used to do this. Now I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And you are also getting on new platforms. Yeah. Inevitably, haters come out. Yes. 
you know, shitty comments, bias, hate comes to you. Like the stuff hits you. How, how do you deal with that? Yeah, man. Uh, I, I have a couple ways that I deal. One, I feel all of it just like everybody else does. I am not some superhuman individual. I just have a different uh, perspective on how I choose to move from it. So just so you guys know, just because I played in these sports and did these things doesn't mean like I'm better because I'm the, I'm the same. My wife can make me feel like crap in like five minutes if she tells me something I didn't want to hear. Right. It's just the nature of it. My kids can say something that can set me off and make me feel bad. But yes, we live in an environment, and I live in a town where I'm, I'm not, I don't look like most of my neighbors, so I have the looks that I get. I have uh, moments, no lie, uh, and I don't know if it's going to take the energy a little funky, but I was in Nevada maybe a month ago with my family, and outside of a favorite restaurant I used to go to, um, me and my son, my son looks like me, we get called racial slurs, yelled by some random person on the corner. So I experience these things, right? It's a, it's a natural piece of the world, and here's, here's one thing I've come to find uh, I have had a mom give me away. I've had a real dad find me, tell me that he didn't know I existed. That nine years after he, uh, you know, had met me before he's passing away, told me he knew the whole time, just didn't know how to tell me. I've had my wife cheat on me, have made have an affair. Uh, I have had multiple issues with the whole aspect of world going crazy. Uh, I've had all these things happen. I've been called, uh, man, I'm, can I be honest? I've been called weird days. I've been called Afro penis at the airport, San Francisco airport. I'm just saying, like, these are things I experienced. And so in this, I say that all to say this. I have a lot of specific reasons to be a very unhappy human. And we all do when these things take place. The world smacks in the face. You have a lot of reasons. But here's what I realized. One thing has been a massive key. Uh, there's a story about Gandhi. And I love this story about Gandhi. And I think it's Gandhi. I've never researched the whole thing. But someone says, somebody walks up to him and says, hey, I hate you. You're a horrible person. How dare you? And he goes, thank you. Now, I don't think you get it. Like, you're just like, you should die. Ah, you're horrible. And thank you. The guy, oh, gets mad. He walks off. Disciple walks up, Gandhi, how can, how can you let that person talk to you? He says, well, if somebody comes to give you a gift and you don't accept it, they then have to walk off with it. And I was like, oh, a whole vast different perspective. Because what I realized in my life is, one, people will try to do things to me. And, and what I, at this point have a lot of empathy for the heart of a person who feels they need to say that to somebody else in public. And in yeah. fact, I've had converse, I've had a guy reach out and says, you have a horrible fake FM audio voice or something. I was like, hey, man, not for everybody. I appreciate that. Like, no, your voice sucks. I'm like, hey, it's cool, man. If you don't like me, like, I'm not going to say anything. And he's like, how can you not be mad? And then open the conversation. We became like mini buddies online. They just, <laughs> they just need a hug. Like some people need, need you to respond in a way that's opposite, right? So what's interesting is if you don't take the gift, you don't operate from that emotional space. So now I get to move on my day and be in joy, right? As opposed to taking the gift. And then two, they get a perspective change that's a little bit unique and different. Also, I've realized that people who are incredibly happy, like they don't, they don't say negative things. Like I don't know a joyful person in my life who's ever said something to me that's rude. Like it's, it's an oxymoron. So when I realize that when people say things to me, I'm like, oh, okay, there's something wrong with this, this person. I'm not going to address that and bring it in so I don't have to carry the gift and move along with it. And then what it does is allows me to also so pass that point. The other point is when I'm navigating these things in this world right now, I realize that I cannot give all like 90% of my energy to the one comment that takes me from the 99 comments of people who love what I just did. Yes, yes. Because I'm, I'm, it's not even that it's like the, the squeaky wheel will call it. Like somebody gets a bad comment. You know, I think Jamie Foxx is, is prominent in saying like he never reads the comments ever. Because what happens is now they rob your energy. And so where I had the energy to give to the people who love my stuff, who showed up and watched your videos and read your book. They're reaching out and saying, man, I love that post you did. Well, one person hits your inbox and now you're shut down the whole day. You can't serve those people the way they should have been served. 
So realize where they're at specifically. Hug them with your words if you can, but then realize the energy you need to give is the ones who are going to give it to you. I'm a man of faith, and not everybody loves Jesus. So if not everybody loves Jesus, not everybody's going to love me, and that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give Anthony Trucks a round of applause here. Light him up in the comments down below with some love. I mean, there's some mic drop moments there, buddy. Uh, this, this is why I just I had to bring you on it the other day. I was like, you know what? We're day two. This is that part where people will go, oh, my gosh, this is a lot. Uh, I'm worried if I can implement it. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to put it out there. People are going to hate on me. I'm not sure if I'm capable. Yeah. Uh, many people are going to transition their topics. And you're hearing a guy who's just done that literally yeah. in the last year. Yeah. And he's still holding himself up. He's still going. So I just want to encourage you all to know that you're going to have these shifts and you're going to have these doubters. You're going to have these haters. And it's going to come at all different costs, but guess what? Focus on those who get it. Focus on those who you are serving and you're meant to serve. And, you know, those who don't get it or those who are, you know, rude or those who are accusational, you don't need to feed their fires. You don't need to accept their gift. I would say, I'm like, I'm not going to feed anyone's fire. You know, I'll feed, I'll feed enthusiasm. I'll feed passion, but I'm not going to feed hate. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just like, people go, how did you not, you know, when I, when, when, you know, earlier this year with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter, you know, I was the first kind of guy in our industry, at least the way that I went about it to try to address it with our friends. And I'm cheering everybody on to do something about it. And, and people were just, I mean, it was unbelievable what came at me. Like I had no idea there was that vastness of ignorance, which I probably should have. Um, but the hate, the vitriol, and I just, I didn't try to placate them. And I noticed people in my industry who tried to placate or who took their gift and tried to transform it, they got eaten alive. And I share that to everybody because you don't have to engage controversy or hate. You don't have to try to transform everybody. Some people, life needs to be their educator. Karma needs to be their educator. Jesus needs to be their educator, not you. I don't have to get everybody. I don't have to transform everybody. What I need to do is be the best human I can be, be a person of integrity to my family and those who I serve and lead. And this is one reason Trucks and I are just like, it's like a brother of mine. Like I, I welcomed him into our community and we, we, I like, I, I, I think he's the, he was the first person I had ever put on stage without seeing like presentations of. <laughs> Is that true? I think it was, wasn't it? Well, in San Diego, actually, it was weird. Like, I had just come back. I was moving in Costa Rica, and, and someone almost kidnapped yeah. the kids from the private school. And I, I shot up there, and Denise was like, uh, Anthony's going to make it. And then the, I think the morning of, like a couple hours before, she's like, Brennan just asked me uh, if you're any good on stage, so you better do a good job. <laughs> and then I, I went up, and I, was, I did just fine, we'll call it. Well, you know, sometimes the way to get over drama and dilemmas and... Uh, crises in our lives is to show up and serve and ask how we can, you know, pull ourselves out of our own funk and stories and dramas and, and challenges and, and command ourselves to show up for others. Yeah. Someone once uh, told me uh, action and suffering. It's been a huge thing for me. Say that again. I said one time, uh, someone was on a podcast with, he says, at the end of the day, we all are suffering. And the only thing that ends it is action. Action ends suffering. So I, I take actions. I love it. I love it. I've been asking all our buddies this um, about how, what, what advice you would give to somebody just starting out 
And then what advice would you give to somebody who's like already kind of, you know, they've made their six or seven figures or eight and they're, they're ready to really explode and go to the next level. And uh, everyone watching, I'm going to answer this too today. Cause I know you've been te texting me and asking me about this. So I'll, I'll make sure I do it, but I want Anthony to drop his knowledge on this. Someone starting out, what would you yeah. suggest? Anybody? So starting out big thing is, is, I mean, it's simple, but everybody hears it, but nobody likes to do it. It's, it, it's like choose one demographic of humans that, you know, have a problem that you want to solve. And the thing is, so many people feel like this, uh, like, but if I just choose one person, all the rest of them aren't going to have a chance to get all the stuff. And here's what I'm telling you. If you choose one demographic that probably has, let's say, 100 million people, can you serve 100 million right now? Like, probably not. So be okay choosing one demographic. And it's kind of like this, uh, this air that allows you to succeed in a way that is unclear until I'm cleared up for you right now. When you choose one demographic, one group, one person, one aspiration, whatever it might be, you get to speak to them differently. And it's kind of like anybody ever been to uh, like a city and there's a guy in like a, a soapbox with a megaphone yelling at people. I mean, if you could raise your hand, if you've ever seen it before, right? So this happens. We go there. Do you ever tune in and listen to what they're saying? Or just kind of like, ah, uh, you keep on walking, right? But have you ever been on the street and seen two people talking intently and really intense and try to eavesdrop to what they're saying? Yeah, we do it. I do it all the time, right? That's what it's like when you're talking to one demographic of people. Like you're sitting there talking. It's so clean and clear that what happens, people will eavesdrop and the whale you're talking to brings along its barnacles so if you're talking to one demographic the well you want will bring the other people you've been talking about you want to serve but if you don't clarify your message you will not stand out in the world no one will listen to what you have to say so figure out who you want to talk to first and then what i highly recommend is create a process a framework something allows you to be able to guarantee the results you talk about I think too many people go in and say, I'm a coach. I got a cool story. And they start talking. It's like, then you get lost. Then what happens? Your client, you hired and they hired you. They're not happy. And then they get bad results. And what do you do? I don't want to push myself back out there because I don't want to have a similar experience to this. So I just kind of tuck away. Create a process. You don't even have to create all the videos and PDFs right now. Create a process you can walk somebody through. And the third part is put the dang thing into the world, man. Go put it out there. It's not going to be perfect, but talk to people. Here's the thing. Sometimes people say, but it's not tried and true. How do I sell it? I'll feel like, uh, what if I don't know it works? Here's what I will tell you. When it comes down to it, ask yourself this question. If it doesn't go right, will I lose sleep to make it right for them? If the answer is yes, sell like crazy. Because sometimes it's not even about what this whole process is. It's about how you're going to show up for that person's life. And if, I mean, I've had a lot of nights where I'm researching, reading, going over documents to make it right for the human being. Because then what it does, it teaches me how to refine my process so that I can get to get more people in, feel more confident. Now I'm shouting from the damn mountaintops about how great this thing is. And that's the game changer. Because the people that you purchase from, Brendan's one of these guys, there's an innate aspect to his identity. When you watch, it just draws you in because the dude is just so charismatic and confident. If, he, if you could read on him and it wasn't sure, are you clicking for this? No. You're not, but he's tried it. He's put it out. He's refined it. He's oh, confident. So you're like, I got to go around that energy. The same thing is possible for you. The moment you decide to go past that next stage of, I don't know if it's good or bad, just, you know, it's probably not that good right now, but that is where it's supposed to be. You get to go out and refine it, and make it better by showing up in the moments. Even if you don't do it right, someone's going to give you an opportunity to make it right. So make it right. And if you know you will do that, Put it out and then start rolling in. And then what I pretty much tell people is solve the business's problems a step before they become a problem. Create systems if you can, processes to where when you start getting taxed, you have another step you can build out. The second question was, how do you scale up that six to seven figures? I believe personally, it's remove myself from having to be the guy. 
when I'm the guy, it's got to all run through me and I'm the brain and everything. And so what I do is I don't delegate very much. I don't do much. I want to have my hands on. No one's going to do it as good as I do. No, no, no. You've got to get to the point where somebody else does it in an area you're not strong because guess what? They'll do it better than you. I wanted to edit my videos. I can't make them as good as my team. Are you kidding me? They are amazing at that kind of thing, right? Website stuff, I can do it. But after a while, I'm like, you know what? I need to spend more time with clients, creating content. I'm going to give to the web guy. Guess what he can do? Build a website 10 times better than I can. That's the only way I can scale is when I, I alleviate the different things that slow down my golden assets. You all have a golden asset of what you do. And when you get to that level, if you're in flow, you need to double down on that. But you can't double down if the energy is being robbed doing something that somebody else in your company can do if you just let go of the ego and let go of the reins. And then get a coach, have mentors. I pay about 80 grand a year for groups and programs that I become part of because I know there's going to be a point in time when my ego having success will tell me I'm good. I need to have people I trust, part of that triad, that tell me how bad I am doing so I can improve. Because if not, I won't even realize it until I wake up one day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so far behind. So I need to make sure I'm ahead of the game and don't live in this siloed bubble of I'm amazing. You got to have people in your circle that allow you to keep pushing forwards. Woo! Anthony Trucks, ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a round of applause and hit him up in the comments down below with some love, whether on Facebook or in the Zoom here. Um, trucks, that's fire. Where, where do you want... To send people, where should we have them follow you at right now? Yeah, man, Instagram is where I'm at. I am the one in the Instagram inbox. My team doesn't do that kind of stuff. Uh, it takes a lot of time. My wife's not a fan of it at like 11 o'clock at night, but I love to be in the inbox community. I'll do a lot of voice messages. So yeah, Instagram, if you're interested in what we do, DM the word shift so my team can grab that and let me know, hey, Ant, it's in there because they do go and post things, but they'll let me know to go pop to the uh, the you know non-friend people and go up and have a conversation with them over there. My man, Anthony Trucks, just slaying it with us today. Man, so good to have you here. It's, it, this has been the, I think this has been the longest since we've known each other. We haven't seen each other backstage with some high fives and hugs. So uh, That's true, I miss you, buddy. Thank you, uh, bad, bro. I miss you, man. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> For all the years, we had uh, so much fun at our events and everything, man. I can't wait to see you again, brother. You too, brother. All right. Anthony Trucks, give him one last round of applause, everybody. What an epic day at Day 2 Influencer Summit. If you loved this day, if you got value from this day, do yourself a favor, collect all your notes, go back through them, star all the things you're going to implement, that you're going to tactically do. If you love this, share this post online because guess what? This post will be up for, what, 48 hours, but then it's gone. So go share it with all your team, all your friends, everyone who's in marketing or influence who you want to be able to see this. You got to share it and you better do it today because it's going to go away. Also. For those who would like to win $2,000 of marketing training from us, two of our best courses, I'm going to give it to those who we think just do a good job in posting up what is a life lesson, your major life lesson you've learned in your life or a major life lesson you learned this year. Just one lesson. Share it three minutes or less on your phone. Post it into the Influencer Summit Facebook group. Use hashtag Influencer Summit if you post it somewhere else so we can find it. So in other words, yes, you can put it on social media somewhere or you can put it in the group, but we got to use hashtag influencer summit. If we're going to consider it, make sure it also gets there. And with that, I want to give you guys a true grateful round of applause for all of the attention, the energy here. If you get it for the group, for each other, 
for the, I mean, we went six hours yesterday. We went six hours today. We are out here trying to make a difference. If you appreciate what we're doing, I got nothing to sell you. I just have that request. Share what we're doing. Tell your friends to sign up at influencersummit.com so we're able to get them the replays here in this next 48 hours um, and just spread the message. We're bringing you the fire. Tomorrow is another day of stunning value that you can help people get access to and for free. And I mean, like I said yesterday, there's a couple of these presentations I would have paid a couple thousand bucks for. So tactical, so helpful, that would have saved me years of time. So please share this out to the community. Again, tomorrow, we've got another set of people who've achieved literally billions of dollars of sales or valuations. We've got people who've started from scratch and reached now millions of people. And they're sharing with you for free what they learned and how to do it. So please engage with us. Please share this out. I appreciate each and every one of you. Tomorrow, we will be live again from 9 a.m. probably to about 1 or 2 Pacific Standard Time. I know we've been going over today, uh, a little bit of technical things there, but also I just had, I wanted to bring trucks on and give some fire here at the end with me just because I just, I love his energy so much and I needed it too, being doing this so many hours. I just want to watch my friend just deliver some awesome value. Please give it a shout out to all the speakers who you saw today, who you related with. Nick Ortner, Kenny Reeder from Kajabi, uh, Natalie from Boss Babes, uh, Lewis Howes, Tom and Lisa Billiou and Anthony Trucks. They showed up for you today just because I asked them to. I, I pulled my favorite card and, and they showed up and delivered. So give them a shout out down below as well. Say thank you. And also in the comments in Facebook here, share. What did you learn? What are some of your key takeaways that you got? Please share that with the community as well. All right. With that, y'all, uh, my parting thoughts for today. Your voice matters more than you think. Your life's experience and journey and all the lessons and wisdom you've learned is something you have to pass on. You have to share. You have to put it out there in some way or another. That your example in this world is needed right now. If you feel like society's lost some of its standards, then demonstrate standards. If you feel that society has become hateful, then demonstrate and show love and compassion and openness. If you feel like society has forgotten some key values, then share and demonstrate and be an example of those values. We have the technology now to every single one of us to just hop on and communicate things that are good in the world. And the more that we share our goodness, the more that exists in the world. I, I wish I had a more fancier version, but I tell all my friends when I bring all these folks who you've heard in my mastermind, my friends here, I just ask them, the only favor I ever ask them is like, double down on your goodness. Whatever you do in the world that's good, double down on that. That's what we need. If you enjoyed today, share this out. Use hashtag Influencer Summit. Invite people in for tomorrow so they get in. Influencersummit.com. And with that, I just want to thank everybody for an incredible day, for your participation and your energy. It kept me going all day. And it'll keep me going all day tomorrow. It's an honor to do this work with you, to be your peer in this industry. I hope we're adding value to you. And I hope to see you again tomorrow at 9 a.m. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to unmute the folks who are in our chat here just so I can see your faces and say thank you to each and every one of you. And here you give a shout out to all of our friends here on Facebook and on, on Zoom. Appreciate you everybody. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.